It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com at FFFSOSS. Twitter shrimp. Twitch.tv slash AJ And I know you're going to be like, hey, you said you were going to stream. What happened? I, I got a bad feeling around 8 o'clock. I got way too nervous. I said, I was like, the Niners have looked unbelievable. The Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. It was in San Francisco. We haven't won there. We haven't beaten them. And I got really nervous. And I said, no, nah, this is going to be bad. I still thought, you know, they could have made it a game and lost in a, in a good game. But to get embarrassed like that, yeah, I, that would not have been a good stream. I probably would have said some mean things. Uh, I would have regretted. So I'm glad I didn't stream because um, that would have been bad. <laughs> and, you know, we don't have those clips on the Internet. So that's good. All right. Um. On this Tuesday edition of the show, good, bad, the ugly of the NFL after five weeks. That was what we'll talk about in the kickoff. Um, go through a lot of the narratives in that segment for sure. Then into our NFL Week 5 recap, college football Week 6 recap, weekend soccer recap. Then we'll look back on Star Pulaks and pick six at the end of the program. So NFL in the kickoff, then our Week 5 recap, college football Week 6, footy recap. And now it is an inter- another international break, which is like I feel like we just had one. And also, like, I don't know, uh, these international breaks, they got to do a better job of figuring a system out because I understand, you know, qualifications are important and all these te- But, you know, they talk about, hey, we got to lessen these games and all they keep making up is more competition. So wh- where do you stand about player safety if you just keep making up things like the Nations League and all this garbage? Come on. So I don't know. That just doesn't sit right with me. That, that bothers me a lot, um, but that's typical FIFA, UEFA, all these leagues. We all know that, right? So, um, but yeah, so let's kick it off. Good, bad, ugly of the NFL after five weeks. Well, there's a lot of good for sure, and I I have five teams here: the Niners, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Lions. So we'll detail them in a second. The bad. Listen, there's a lot of bad football being played. The Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Vikings, Panthers, Cardinals. These are some bad football teams and the ugly. I'd say the offensive line play across the league is an epidemic. The games in London with the turf, not the grass. Like, I I, I can understand players freaking out about it. They should. And then we'll talk some more of the Cowboys' losses. Those are two ugly losses that they have. So, the good, the Niners. Um, Brock Purdy has not lost a regular season game as a starter. They have Christian McCaffrey. They have Debo Samuel. They have Brandon Ayuk. They have Kittle. They have a very good offensive line. They have an outstanding defense with maybe the best defensive player in the league in Warner that nobody really talks about but should be talked about as much as, you know, a Parsons, a Donald, a TJ Watt, all these guys. I mean, Fred Warner is insane. I mean, he's so, so talented. It's ridiculous how good he is. Um, And then the back end's been good. Hufanga's been really good. Their corners play you know, tight coverage. They try to make you try to make you beat them with good, tight, accurate throws, and they trust that either Bosa or Greenlaw or Warner, somebody's going to make a play in that front seven. So the Niners have played some outstanding football. Shanahan is a good coach. You know, I, I've said he's always a good coach. I've liked him, but um, this has been his big break here. And again, the Niners like throw away first round picks on guys that don't even play for them. And Look at their team. You know, look at their team. So, the Niners, the complimentary football, it's outstanding. It's so good. And, you know, I understand we're in early October. Um, but this team is really, really good. And to me, they are the class of the league. Now, the Chiefs, four wins in a row after their opening like, loss to the Lions. I would say this about the Chiefs. We know where they're going to be. They might get picked off here or there by a team thinking it's their Super Bowl going up against Kansas City. But... If they can stay healthy, if they can um, get some production from different guys every game at wide receiver, you know, if the line can do a good job enough, uh, a good enough job protecting Mahomes. And defensively, you know, Chris Jones being back, they got to get some other guys back and and playing better football for Spags, that's for sure. But you know they're going to blitz, and you know that defense is going to give you some opportunities. And with Mahomes, you're never out of a game. We know that. So Chiefs, four wins in a row, very good. 
Dolphins. I mean, this is the fastest offense ever assembled. The speed at at the different skill positions is absurd. Um, Tua has done such a great job of, you know, yes, avoiding the big hits, but also like playing better football. Now I know he threw a bad pick and, and another stupid pick in this game, and he's had some dumb pick. Fine, you know what? Guys are going to throw picks in this league, guys. That's what happens. I mean, I'm just telling you, okay? Especially with, like, anytime a ball gets deflected and it gets picked, hey, to me, it is that's that's tough. But this Dolphins offense, Mostert, A-Chan, A-Chan, Devon, A-Chan, Waddle and Hill. I mean, these guys are so fast. It's insane. So... Dolphins. I mean, this team is so fast. And defensively, I think they're going to come around and get better. There's a lot of talent on that defensive end. Wilkins, Sealer, Chubb, when Phillips is healthy. You know, he rushes. Van Ginkle's been great. Baker is a very good linebacker. And on the back end, you know, Holland. But they're a little hurt on the back end. And when Howard gets Ramsey, their two corners become really, really good. And then that helps your third corner because then you can send help to that guy. Listen, that Dolphin team, when they're healthy, they're going to be really, really good. And they're good already. Eagles are right where they left off. Playing winning football. Um, obviously, I don't love the shove play, but it's it's still in the rules. And they're the most efficient and effective at it. So you got to give them credit for coming up with it and using it so successfully. Now, I am still concerned about some of the defense when they play some better teams and offensively does Devonta Smith have to pout to get the ball like AJ Brown did because you've seen the ball get directed towards Brown more than Smith which you know what it's tougher than receivers in this league when you especially have two really really good ones of their caliber but you just get to sulk and throw a fit and then you get the ball directly directed towards you more and honestly like Smith's more explosive but hey that's just my take. But um, right where they left off, playing winning football. Give them credit. And then the Lions. You know, I talked about being a little bit afraid of expecting them to take this next step to compete in this league. Expecting them to, you know, take control of that division where the Packers are changing the guard, the Vikings are not a good team, and the Bears are still developing in a lot of positions it's the Lions to take and Dan Campbell Jared Goff a lot of those they did this without Gibbs and um St. Brown on Sunday beating up on the Panthers even though it's not a big of a deal but the idea that the Lions are beating teams they should beat uh, besides Seattle unfortunately uh they should have won that game at home they're playing good ball and you know I like Campbell you know I like Goff and the Lions have shown so far early in this season that they are ready and they are taking the steps. They're not just like, you know, team you know, team gets good from year to year and you're like, okay, this is a big step for them. Can they compete for the division? Can they make sure they get into the second weekend of the playoffs? Can they possibly get to a title game, right? You're seeing the Lions do that. You know, you don't have to say, hey, what if, what if? You're seeing the Lions do it. So the good, the Niners, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Lions, the bad. Listen, the Pats, and I've been a Belichick fan for a long time. Um, even when I like still hated the Patriots, I still respected him, even though I was like, ugh. But he's so great, and he's such an all-time coach, and he may be the greatest coach of all time. That can all be said, and that can all be true, and you can also say, hey, this Pats job might be the worst coaching job he's done, and it might be the worst job he's done building a team. Because the offensive talent, the evaluation at, you know, skill positions besides tight end haven't really been good. You know, the offensive line isn't great. Mac hasn't shown you anything in development with Bill O'Brien. And defensively, you know, you've got some injuries for sure, but that's always kind of been a given for Bill. And you're not seeing it, you know, as consistently enough. You know, you got shelled by the Saints. What have the Saints shown? <laughs> Not a ton for me. So, Pat's bad. And it's Belichick to blame. 
He's built the team. He's coaching the team. He's to blame. And I'm sure that's tough for a lot of Patriot fans to hear. Because they're going to want to scapegoat other guys, you know, especially Mac, I'm sure. And Mac hasn't played well, so Mac should get some of the blame, absolutely. But if you're the GM and the head coach, and you've had all this success in the past, and now you're not having success, well, you're going to get blamed. That's how it works. So Patriots in the bad. The Broncos, listen, this is a bad football team. Payton and Russ are not working out. Obviously... The Bronco offense has not been acclimated to Sean Payton. Russ is lost. He's refusing to throw the ball down the field in spots uh, when he used to let it go for big plays and opportunities to let his guys go up and get it. He doesn't do it. Defensively, listen, they gave up a lot of points to the Jets. I understand it was a safety and, and you know a defensive. Th- I don't care. The Broncos are terrible. Part of the bad. The Giants. And I'm not, I don't want to, you know, pile on because it's not fair. But you can't evaluate Daniel Jones when the line can't block. I mean, for me, that's just obvious. That line is so bad. And Jones is probably bad. But he's shown you some signs in the seasons that he's played when he's had, you know, some good protection and a, and a good enough assembly of talent around him that he can move the ball and can win football games, right? You can't even evaluate him this year. I guess on some of the plays where he does have times and he throws picks, you can evaluate, but there are some times. I mean, he's been on his back almost every other snap. Either that's a true sack or a quarterback hit or, you know, he had to take off to get some yards because the line broke down. The Giants are bad. And here's the thing about playing in New York and coaching in New York and winning some games. That's great. That only buys you a week. So Dable wins coach of the year and, well, well, you got expectations now. And you don't have a lot of wins. And there's not a lot of wins coming in sight. So, now you got to eat it. Vikings are really bad. For me, there's like one player on the team. I know the lineman Darsaw is good. Uh, they got some other players, some guys on defense that, you know, have had very good careers but are staring at old age, okay? And Jefferson's the, the one player on the team for me. The Vikings are really bad. Kirk Cousins is not good. He can only do so much. He's limited. O'Connell had success with another guy's roster. And now we're seeing a couple years after he's taken over some for somebody else's team. Is he that good of a coach? No. So the Vikings are really bad. The Panthers are a young team, but there's not a lot of proven help for Bryce Young besides uh, feeling, I, I guess you could say. Um, they're struggling. Yeah, they have some players and they have some talent, but to me, Frank Reich, he's not a great coach for me. I don't know why he got a second chance fine. But the Panthers, they're a bad team, but I think everybody expected them to be bad, so hey, that is what it is. The Cardinals are another bad football team. And I understand, hey, AJ, they beat your Cowboys, so are they really that bad? Yes, they are really that bad, and that just is more of an embarrassment to the Cowboys. But the Cardinals are a really, really bad football team. And I understand, you know, Kyler's been hurt and it's had to be Dobbs and they've had a lot of other injuries here and there. And um, defensively, they had a lot of guys leave town the last couple of years, whatever. It's a bad football team. Um, to throw it away against the Bengals, who have not shown really anything this season, besides a few possessions each game. Like, come on. So, Cardinals, really, really bad football team. Now the ugly... I've mentioned it a lot in this segment already. The offensive line play, it's an epidemic across the league. Um, so I could, like, if you told me, go through the divisions right now and say, do they have a good line or a bad line? Let's do it. Because there's so many bad lines. I'd say Dolphins have an all right line. Bills have an all right line. Jets are all hurt. Patriots have an abysmal line. Steelers don't have a great line because Kenny's running for his life. Ravens have injuries. 
Cleveland Browns don't have a great line. Bengals don't have a great line. Jacksonville's all right. Indy's okay when they're healthy. Houston, no. Tennessee, no. Kansas City, yes. Chargers, there's talent there. Vegas, no. Broncos, no. NFC. Eagles, probably the best line in the league. Cowboys went healthy. Very good line. Commanders, eh. Giants, absolutely not. Lions, good enough. Packers, okay. Vikings, Bears, no. Tampa, okay line. Atlanta, uh, not really. Saints, not really. Cars been hit. Panthers, bad line. Niners, outstanding line. Seattle, eh, okay line. Rams, coached well, but ability, we don't know. And Cardinals have a bad line. So, it's a lot of bad lines across the league. A lot of bad offensive line talent across the league. And also, like, the defenses have gotten better. The defensive players have gotten better. Their techniques have gotten better. So, offensive line play. Epidemic across the league. Just really, really bad. And the coaching is not great either, especially at the college level. And now they got to almost relearn the whole position when they get to the the, <laughs> the highest level. You have to relearn the whole position. Imagine that. Like, I don't know. That's tough. So, line play. Terrible. I know there's only been two weeks of this, but if they play at Tottenham again, it's going to be turf, not grass. And the turf, not grass in London has been horrible. Um, the games in London haven't been great, in my opinion. I don't know what the Bills are doing flying across a body of water on a Friday for a Sunday game. That's insane. I mean, that is setting yourself up to fail. It couldn't be more obvious that you're setting yourself up to fail by doing that. That that's that was insane to me. So the Bills get an F for preparation. And no wonder they didn't, you know, start the game well. And it took them a while to get going. I don't know. Maybe it's because they got to England on Friday for a Sunday game. I don't know. For me, after Wednesday practice, get on the plane, boys. We're going. You know, like, we'll do meetings tonight at the facility. We'll do a late practice. We're getting on a plane on a Wednesday, waking up Thursday in England and saying, all right, you know, let's acclimate. Let's do another practice. And then tomorrow, walk through. We do it game time and all that kind of stuff because this is like the Bills set themselves up to fail. Jacksonville having back-to-back -back games. Clearly, Jacksonville, it showed that they were acclimated. It showed that they were ready to go. All that and more to win that game. So, I don't know. For me, not only has the play been bad, but the, the turf. Like, you send these guys to other countries and you're like, all right, turf. And I understand Tottenham has this mechanical thing when they put the pitch. Well, why can't this one be grass too then? Why is this field turf? Like, it did not look good. It seemed like there was not a lot under that layer of turf <laughs> to the concrete. So, what happened to, like, grass, not turf everywhere? Like, as soon as we can. And now you're electing to play games. Like, it's one thing if a team hasn't flipped to grass yet in their own stadium. But the NFL is like, yes, yeah, send them over there and put them on turf too. That's that's worrisome, in my opinion. So we got offensive line play, we got games in London, and then we have the Cowboy losses. Uh, losses to the AFC West in Arizona and San Francisco, both in kind of different ways, both in kind of different games. That game against Arizona, the Cowboys should have never lost. They're a better team. They should be a more well-coached team. They should have beaten Arizona going away, never let them in the game. Arizona punched the Cowboys in the mouth and they couldn't respond and they, you know, made too many mistakes in trying to come back, right? So that's the story of that game. The game against the Niners, the Cowboys shouldn't have even gotten off the plane. Um, defensively, they made so many mistakes with penalties, with broken coverages and all that kind of stuff, with missed assignments. Offensively, not only the interceptions late in the game, but the play calling early in the game was terrible. So I didn't do the Cowboy offense any favors. But these two losses, one being uh, um, the late afternoon game in Arizona, a game you should never lose. 
to a team that should have like three wins tops this year, and you're one of them. Congratulations, right? So that's the card. The Niner loss. Hey, if you're going to lose to a better team, because the Niners are a better team than the Cowboys, and I, I've said that. Like, I don't think I've ever been like, no, the Cowboys are better. They're be No, they're not. They're not. The Niners are a better team. Um, but to lose in the fashion you lose in, to get jumped on like you did, 14 nothing, then to get a score, make it 14-7, and then give it up right away. You know, you're sitting there 28-7 at the half. If you score end of the half and get a field goal and then score a touchdown, start of the second half, you know, that's 10 points. All of a sudden, 21-17 is a much different game in the third quarter than 28-7 was. Or 28-10, sorry. So, I don't know. The Cowboy losses have been absolutely... Ugly, embarrassing, and I cannot rank them near the top of the NFC until they, you know, beat an Eagle team or beat an Iron team or beat a Lion team. Because right now the Lions are, if not slightly ahead of the Cowboys, at least on the same level. And I thought the Cowboys were closer to the Niners and the Eagles level. They are not, unfortunately. So we'll probably do a tears soon, maybe a couple weeks or maybe next week. Who knows? But. Good, bad, and the ugly of the NFL after five weeks. All right, let's get into our week five recap. Cleveland, the L.A. Chargers, Seattle, and Tampa Bay on the bye. Started on Thursday night, Chicago and Washington. How about these Bears? They went 40-20. to 20. Bears went right down the field. More uh, fields to more. Big play, then fields to more. Touchdown, they're up 7-0. They then got a Santos field goal to make it 10-0. Fields to more, starts the drive. Fields to more, ends the drive. Second Touchdown for that connection on the night. 17-0. Commanders got on the board with a Joey Sly field goal, but the Bears answered with a Santos field goal. So it was 20-3. Howell got picked off. Short field for the Bears. Fields commit. Fourth touchdown pass. Third touchdown pass of the game to that point. Sorry. 27-3 at the half. Commanders finally get into the end zone. Howell to Thomas. Two-point play good. So it's 27-11. Commanders get it back. Howell to Thomas, but he stripped. Bears recover. Nothing comes out of it. Commanders add another sly field goal, 27-14. Bears stall for another Santos, Santos field goal, so it's 30-14. Commanders, 12 plays down the field. Howell, Samuel, touchdown. Two-point play, no good, so it's a 10-point game. Commanders get it back again, but a sly missed field goal would have made it a 7-point game. Instead, it remains 10. Fields, Moore. Fields, fourth. Moore's third. Touchdown of the game. Bears up 37-20. Commanders then turn it over on downs to their own 17, 4th and 18, led to a Santos field goal to make it 40-20. So, hey, if that's a Bears performance that you can kind of, you know, replicate going forward where the defense, yeah, they'll give up some points, but they played pretty good. They got some turnovers. Um, and offensively, Fields made some big plays, and that's what the Bears have kind of been looking for. They just haven't got it consistently. So, as for the Commanders, that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. Uh, all right, that was Thursday. Let's go to Sunday, Sunday morning in Tottenham, London town. Jacksonville beats Buffalo 25-20. to Jags on the move early. Penalty gave them goal to go. Lawrence to Jones, touchdown. Two-point play, good, 8 nothing. McManus field goal made it 11 nothing. Jags. And here come the Bills. Allen to Diggs for a first down. Allen scrambles for a first down. Then he goes back to his man Diggs for the touchdown. 11-7. Jags were going in before the end of half, but Lawrence gets strip sacked, so... Half ends 11-7. Middle third quarter now. Jags just outside the red zone. Lawrence strip sacked again. Bills give it right back with an Allen interception. Jags next. Um, possession down the line. 10 plays. Etienne touchdown. 18-7. Bills answer with an Allen touchdown to Gabe Davis. Two-point play. No good. So they tried to make it 18-15. Instead, it was 18-13. Lawrence to Ridley. Big play. Another Etienne touchdown. Jacksonville 25-13. Allen to Hardy, big play. Allen to Davis, another big play. Allen runs it in. So the Jackson Elite cuts a 5, 25 to 20. Jags went 3 and out. Bills get it back at their own 6, but no timeouts. 22 seconds left. Allen to Diggs. They try to set up the hook and ladder. They fumble. Jags recover to seal it in London town. Giants and Dolphins back stateside early afternoon. Dolphins went at 31-16. They were going in. Um, when we get into this recap before that pick 60 through. This game should have been like, could have been 42-3, but Giants were fortunate. Tua hits Waddle, 
and Wilson for big plays. That sets up the two and a wild touchdown. Gano misses a field goal for the Giants. A-chan fumbles, but the Dolphins get it back. And A-chan rewards the coach coming back to him with a long touchdown run. So the Dolphins in front, 14-0. Giants got on the board with the Gano field goal. So it's 14-3, and the Dolphins are driving towards the end of the half, going in. Tua throws a pick six, a long one, going 102 yards, I think, the other way. So just like that, Giants in the game at halftime. Um, well, before the half, 14-10, because Tua got the Dolphins into field goal range. Sanders' field goal ends the half up seven. Dolphins strike first in the second half. Tua to Hill, a long touchdown, 24-10. Tua gets picked off, led to another you know, field goal. Mostert run sets up a Mostert touchdown, so it's 31-13. Giants end another you know, field goal, but they turn it over on downs. Their next possession, fourth and three at the Miami 19. That was all she wrote. Saints blow out the Pats in Foxborough, 34-0. Mac Jones threw a pick six to start the game. Ryland had a missed field goal. Then the Saints went down the field. Carr completions to Thomas and Shahid set up a Kamara touchdown run. 14-0, then Cardo Olave made it 21-0. Jones fumble led to a groupie field goal. 24-0, Jones got picked off. Carr Moreau touchdown, 31-0. Pats turned over on downs, fourth and one at their own 33, groupie field goal. And then the Patriots turned over on downs again, fourth and five for throwing 17. He pulled Mac Jones again, but he reiterated that Mac Jones is his quarterback going forward. Patriots embarrassed at home by the New Orleans Saints, 34-0. Baltimore-Pittsburgh, great rivalry in the AFC North, one of the best rivalries in the league. Two great coaches have been doing it for a long time. Mike Tomlin hosting Mr. Harbaugh, Johnny Boy. Pittsburgh wins it. 17-10, Lamar to Aguilar a couple times for first downs. Then Justice Hill punches it in. Baltimore up 7-0. Ravens added to the lead with a Tucker field goal. Made it 10-0 after they settled Lamar to Justice Hill. He fumbles. Steelers got on the board with a Boswell field goal, so it was 10-3. Ravens had 4th and 2 at the Pittsburgh 23. Instead of kicking almost an automatic field goal, giving you a 10-point lead, they go for it. Lamar incomplete, turnover on down. So the Steelers, and it's 10-3 for a long time. Steelers end up blocking a Ravens punt. Out of the end zone, they almost recovered a touchdown, but it was out of the end zone, so it was 10-5. Pickett's a Warren for a chunk play. They stall again. Boswell field goal made it a 10-8 Baltimore lead. Lamar gets picked off. Pickett to Pickens for 21. Then they connect for a long touchdown. Go for two, no good. 14-10 Pittsburgh. Lamar strip sack leads to a Boswell field goal. That made it 17-10. And then Ravens on fourth down. Lamar sacked by T.J. Watt to seal it. Big play in a big game. T.J. Watt seals it for the Stillers, who beat Lamar and the Ravens in Pittsburgh 17-10. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go look up the clip of the Pittsburgh coaching box when Pickett audibles to the touchdown pass to Pickens. Everybody in the booth going nuts except one guy, the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. What a loser. What a loser. Think about that. All right, Carolina, Detroit, Detroit wins at 42-24. to A little uh, reverse numbers there. Goff to Raymond, chunk play. Goff to Jones, chunk play. Montgomery, long touchdown for Detroit, 7-0. Young got picked off, short field for the Lions. Goff, Laporta, touchdown. Lions up 14-0. Panthers, Panthers answered. Went down the field. Young to Tremble to punch it in. So they're on the board, 14-7 they trail. Lions, fourth and fourth. Uh, Panther, 37. They turn it over on downs. Sanders then fumbles, so the Lions get into the end zone. Goff to Reynolds. Uh, under the uh, under the uprights there. The crossbar was a great throw, great great feet. Young got picked again. They run a trick play. Goff to Laporta, touchdown. You saw that play later in the day as well. So it was 28-7. Pinheiro field goal made it 28-10 half inch shortly after. Lions in good field position in the second half. Goff touchdown run, 35-10. Young to Shark into the end zone for the Panthers. So it was 35-17. Reynolds touchdown, 42-17. Then Young to Thielen in garbage time made it 42-24 in the end zone. So Lions, impressive offensively and defensively, did enough. Got a couple picks in there. And they gave up two touchdowns late, right? Yeah, Young to Shark and Young to Thielen. All right, Houston and Atlanta. How this game didn't go over is a crime. Um, six field goals kicked. If one of those are a touchdown, it's an easy over. And unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, Atlanta wins at 21-19. Texans drive for a Fairburn field goal to open the scoring 3-0. Then the Falcons answered with a pretty good drive themselves. Trick play for a big play. Then Ritter to Pitts. Goal to go. Ritter touchdown. Atlanta 7-3. Texans settle for another Fairburn field goal. Cut it to one. A third Fairburn field goal gave them a two-point lead. Half inch shortly after. 9-7 Texans in front. 
Robinson fumble led to another Fairbairn field goal. Houston up 12-7. Falcons get it back. Ritter to Smith. He fumbles, but Texans end up punting. Falcons finally on the move. Ritter to Pruitt. Goal to go. Ritter to Robinson. Touchdown. He caught it not looking with one hand, pinned it to his body, and then scored without ever looking at the ball into his body. Outstanding stuff. Two-point play. Good. Atlanta in front by a field goal. 15-13. They get a uh, they get a field goal to make their lead six. Ritter to London, big play, but it stalls for a coup. Field goal, 18-12. My musicians will get that joke. Texans put it together, a great drive. More run than pass, but the drive ends in a Stroud to Schultz touchdown pass. Houston in front by one, 19-18. Falcons take over, three timeouts at their own 25. 149 to play. Ritter to London, chunk play, into field goal range. And as time expires, Young Way Koo wins it for the Falcons 21-19 with a swift kick of his right boot. Falcons back in the winning column. Tennessee and Indianapolis. This one went the Colts way 23-16. Jonathan Taylor back for Indy, fresh off that new contract. Titans open up, however, with a 16-play drive that ends in a folk field goal. Colts answer with a nice Long run from Zach Moss, who's starting rolling. Hey, I'm not done yet, even though Jonathan Taylor is back. Colts increase the lead to 10-3 with a gay field goal. Titans answer with a second folk field goal. Cut the lead to 10-6. Richardson gets hurt. Minshew in. Colts turned over on downs. They had fourth and one of the Tennessee five. Half end shortly after. Tannehill hits Hopkins twice in the second half for big plays. Spears touchdown for the Titans there in front, 13-10. Minshew gets the Colts going. DPI puts the ball in the red zone. Moss touchdown. Makes it 17-13, Colts, Titans stall, making a one-point game with a third folk field goal, so it's 17-16, Colts answer. Make it 20-16 with a gay field goal. Titans drive it to the Colts' five. Fourth and one, Henry stuffed, turned over on downs. Minshew to Moss for 26, DPI on a third and 12, and that's a first down. Titans use all their timeouts. Gay field goal makes it 23-16. Titans get it back, minute left, no timeouts of their own, 25, and Tannehill Gets picked off to seal it. Colts win at home against the Titans. Four o'clock window. Cincinnati, Arizona must win for Cincinnati. Got to get right. They did. They beat Cardinals 34-20. Bengals on the move. Burrow to chase for their first connection. 7-0. Bengals stall for McPherson field goal, so they made it 10-0. Cardinals get on the board. A Dobbs to Hollywood Brown touchdown, so they're only down three. And then Con uh, the Cardinals get it back. Connor, long touchdown run, sets up Dobbs to Ertz. The Cardinals are in front. 14-10. Fourth and goal at the Arizona 1. Mixon gets stuffed, so the Bengals turn over on downs, but Dobbs throws a pick six. Cincinnati back in front. 17-14. Halftime ends. Uh, halftime comes same score. Burrow to chase. Deep shot. Touchdown. Their second connection into the end zone. 24-14. Then Dobbs to Moore for another chunk play. Dobbs to Brown for another first down. DeMarcado is first touchdown in the league. Miss extra point. Since he lead 24-20. Burrow picked off after his receiver slips, but the Cardinals have fourth and one at the Cincinnati 16, but they are incomplete, so that ends the drive. Gives it back to the Bengals, who go 15 plays, ends in a Burrow to chase. Touchdown for the third time of the afternoon. Cincinnati up 31-20. Dobbs fumble, short field for the Bengals, McPherson field goal, and then Dobbs picked off again. So a bunch of turnovers for that Bengal defense to feast on. Secondary doing a good job picking the ball off, but we know... Hubbard, Hendrickson, Hill, these guys up front are outstanding. Outstanding. So, um, good win for the Bengals. Philly and the Los Angeles Rams. I really thought the Rams were alive here. I still think they should have been alive here. Um, some Too many mistakes cost them this one. But Philly goes out there and wins it. It basically turned into a Philly home game because any, home, any game in SoFi turns into a road team home game. I mean... I know, I understand the Eagle fans travel. I understand the Eagles are a great fan base, but, I mean, get get some fans, yo. Honestly, guys want a Super Bowl. You don't even have fans. Eagles win at 23-14. Went down the field, 12 plays. Hurts to Goddard, touchdown, 7-0. Rams answer with 14 plays and a Stafford to Atwell, touchdown, so 7-7s. Eagles then stalled for an Elliott field goal, 10-7 in front. Stafford to Cup, chunk play, his first game back. Stafford, Nakua, touchdown, Rams are from 14-10. Hurts to A.J. Brown for 38th, and a DPI puts the ball at the one-yard line. Last play of the half. They do the brotherly shove, tush-push, and he gets in. Touchdown, 
Second half, Hurts gets picked off, but the Eagles get it back. 17 plays later, another Elliott field goal makes it a six-point game. Hurts to Brown, big play, gets the drive started. Swift runs for a first down on a third down. They settle for another Elliott field goal, 23-14. And then fourth and 12, Stafford sacked. Rams turn it over on downs. So that's how that one ended. Kansas City beats Minnesota 27-20. Again, another win where Kansas City should have won by a bigger margin. Going away on the road, but hey, they found a way to win it. Cousins to Oliver, but he fumbles. Chiefs then matriculate themselves down the field. Pacheco touchdown punches it in. Vikings answer with a Joseph field goal, so they get on the board around 7-3. Chiefs restore the touchdown lead with a Bucker field goal, 10-3. Vikings then get a second Joseph field goal, so it's 10-6. Vikings fake a punt on a fourth down, keep a drive alive. Cousins to Addison, set up goal to go. Cousins to Addison, touchdown. Vikings in front, 13-10. Mahomes hits Watson for a chunk play. He hits Gray for another good game. Bucker ties the game, 13-13 to end the first half. Then we got in the second half an 11 play drive for Kansas City ends in a Mahomes to Rice touchdown pass. Kansas City in front 20 to 13. Another 11 play Chiefs drive for a touchdown. This one Mahomes to Kelsey 27-13. Kelsey was injured came back. I don't know how he did that. Vikings then got back within seven. Another Cousins to Addison touchdown. Jefferson was hurt by this point. Vikings then get it back. They turn it over on downs. Fourth and 12 with the Kansas City 24. Chiefs punt it back to the Vikings. No timeouts left at their own 19. 107 left. They get a good completion. And then Cousins sacked on the Hail Mary attempt. Spags sent the blitz. And that's how that one ended. Kansas City 27. Minnesota 20. Jets pulling out in mile high. They beat the Broncos 31-21. Broncos muffed a punt. That led to the Jets getting on the board first with the Greg the Leg field goal. Then McLaughlin, long run. He gets into the end zone after Russ finds him on the same drive. So it's 7-3, Broncos in front. Then Russ, an intentional grounding for a safety, gave the Jets two points. So Broncos in front, 7-5. They get a field goal to make it 10-5. The Broncos do. Jets answer with the Greg the Leg field goal. So it's 10-8. Broncos get another Lutz field goal, 13-8. Jets driving, trying to get a field goal to cut it back to 2 but they can't clock it before time expires at the end of the half. So they go into the second half, trailing 13-8. to eight. Then they take the lead on a Brees Hall. Long run. Jets in front, 15-13. Then they get another Greg the Leg field goal to make it 18-13. And they're about to get the ball back, but the Jets muffle punt. Broncos recover, but the Broncos fumble a reverse. Fourth and fifth Greg the Leg field goals for the Jets, 21-13, 24-14. 13, sorry, and then Russ to Troutman. Touchdown for the Broncos. Two-point play, good. So they're within three. Zach Wilson gets picked off, so here come the Broncos, right? No, Russ stripped, scoop and score for the New York Football Jets, and they win it 31-21 for their offensive coordinator, Hackett, who was the coach of the Denver Broncos last year. And in this offseason, Sean Payton said it was one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the game. Well, there you go, folks. Sometimes you just... Let things go. Why you got to talk? Sunday night, prove that. Uh, Cowboys Niners. And I, I don't know if the Cowboys even got off the plane. Niners went to 42-10. Niners went right down the field opening drive. Purdy to Kittle. It finishes in the end zone, 7-0. Then Dak dumps it off to Pollard, but he fumbles, and then the ball hits four legs and stays in bounds for the Niners to recover. But the Niners fumble right back. McCaffrey, great play by Jordan Lewis to rip the ball away. And McCaffrey just kind of lands on Lewis and the play's still alive. So Lewis takes the ball away. But Cowboys end up punting it. Niners run a trick play, the same play that Goff to Laporta, their second touchdown, where, you know, the end around and the tight ends open up the, uh, the sideline. So that made it 14-0. Cowboys then answer with a pretty good drive. Dak to Turpin, great ball on a, on a deep shot. Turpin ran under it. So they're in the game, 14-7. Niners fail to complete a third down, but given a fresh set of downs after a penalty, which the taunting was not a taunt. That's insane to call that. And also, I don't know how that's on, that's playing the ball and playing football. So, like, if he catches it, it's a tackle. So how is if he not if he doesn't catch it, it's a foul. So I don't know. Fine, whatever. You can be like, AJ, there you go, complain about the refs when you say you don't complain about the refs. Let's, okay, fine. That ends in a McCaffrey touchdown, a 14th straight game with a touchdown for him. Halftime, same score after the Cowboys do a terrible job at the end of the half trying to do anything. Cowboys open up the second half with an Aubrey field goal so they don't get into the end zone and make it a seven-point game. They only make it an 11-point game, and that's really as close as they got. 
because Purdy to Ayuk for 40, then a third and 14. The Niners convert up the deep middle. Uh, he hit Kittle. Or he, who did he hit? I think he hit Ayuk again. Um, then Purdy to Kittle, third touchdown, 28-10. Dak gets picked off on a deep ball trying to take a shot. Niners go 12 plays. Purdy to Juszczyk, touchdown. Dak picked on a deflection. One play later, Mason touchdown. Then Dak picked again. Sarders pulled. I, I talked about it in the kickoff. It's a disgraceful performance, and it's a joke that McCarthy's still the head coach. Um, he should have left him in the Redwoods, and he should have tried to find the Ewoks on planet Endor or the moon. Whatever. I'm I'm just over it. I'm really over it. This clown is the coach of my team. Chris Collinsworth says on the broadcast that the Cowboys haven't implemented their whole offense. It's week five. What's the offseason for? Why are you... If your starters aren't going to play in preseason games, why are they not installing the offense? I, I What is practice for? So, that should have got him dropped off from the team bus in the forest before they went to SFO. Whatever. All right, that was Sunday night. Let's go to Monday night in Vegas. Raiders hosting the Green Bay Packers, and the Raiders win it 17-13. It was Carlson versus Carlson, the kickers, so... Packers drive, stalls for a Carlson field goal, so it's 3-0 Packers. Raiders go 14 plays, a third and 11. Abdullah run initially ruled short, challenged and overturned. They convert two other third downs on the drive, then a fourth and one converted on an end around to Carter. Jimmy G, Myers, touchdown, ends the drive. Vegas in front, 7-3. Love got picked off. The interception return set up a goal to go for the Raiders, but it only led to a Dan Carlson field goal. So both Carlson's on the board at this point. Vegas up a touchdown, 10-3. to Jimmy G then got the Raiders into field goal range. Carlson field goal gets blocked half shortly, half end shortly after that. Second half action, Jimmy G picked off. Packers set up in the Raiders end, fourth and two at the Raiders 29. Dylan converts, then Dylan punches it in, so we're tied at 10 after that touchdown. Packers deep in their own territory, busted coverage, love uh, lofts it out to Watson. He's taken down by Peters after a gain of 77. Tack on the horse collar. So it is goal to goal. They settle for another Carlson field goal. That gives them the lead, the younger Carlson. So it's 13-10 Packers. Jacobs had a big run. Jimmy G to Adams for a chunk play. Jimmy G to Adams converts a third down. That set up goal to go. And Josh Jacobs finds the end zone. Raiders back in front. 17-13. Packers then on the move, but Love gets picked off again on a deflection. Then the Raiders cannot run the clock out. Instead of going for it on fourth down, McDaniels trots out Carlson to try to hit a field goal to make it a seven-point game. He goes off the upright and out. So the Packers take over at their own 41-yard line. 155 left in a timeout. They start moving it, but then Love gets out of a sack, rolls out, Hucks it downfield, but it's underthrown for Watson in the end zone. A third interception seals it for the Raiders. They get the home win over the Packers, 17-13. Love, tough game, a ton of interceptions in a big spot um, in a primetime game. But, hey, give the Raiders credit, fought hard, stayed in it, and Max Crosby was excellent. He's outstanding, and uh, a very good win for the Raiders. Give them credit on a Monday night in Vegas. All right, pros to the student-athletes, college football week six recap. Number 12, Oklahoma. Number three, Texas. OU wins it 34-30. Red River always delivers. OU had a 20-17 lead going into half um, with a field goal as the clock wound down. Ewers had some picks early in the game. OU looked like they were struggling. Texas looked like they were struggling. Both teams, you know, found their legs a little bit. Then OU lead grows to 10. Texas touchdown. Cuts it back to seven. Then a Brooks touchdown ties it at 27 up. Texas field goal puts them on the board 30-27. to 27. OU gets it back. No timeouts. Gabriel Anderson touchdown. That was the go-ahead score. Texas could not answer. And that's how OU wins Red River. One year after being embarrassed, they come back and win at 34-30 and give Texas their first loss of the season. Notre Dame. Suffered their second loss of the season at Louisville. Louisville wins at 33-20. Game 7-7 at half. Louisville scored off a Hartman touchdown, uh, Hartman uh, pick. Louisville took a 17-13 lead into the fourth quarter, and then the Cardinals got into the end zone to make it 24-13. Notre Dame turns it over on downs. Louisville, Louisville field goal. 
Hartman throws another pick, Louisville field goal. Nerding fumbles, another Louisville field goal, put it out of reach. And it's unfortunate for Notre Dame because uh, I like Hartman a lot. I like the coach a lot. And it just seemed like they couldn't make enough plays. And since they lost that Ohio State game, they had no more, you know, room for error in this run of four straight night games against ranked opponents, two of them away in the middle of two home games, right? So... I don't know. It's tough for Notre Dame. I feel for them. It's a crazy schedule. They always play a crazy schedule, and, and Louisville wasn't necessarily supposed to be one of these tough games. You know, this was a game that maybe they struggled with a little bit in a look-ahead spot to USC, but the second it's a primetime game, it's not a look-ahead spot anymore. So, hey, give Louisville credit. Give the Brahms credit. It's a hell of a win. It's a signature win for them in their um, you know rebuild of their school. And it's tough for Notre Dame, man. It's tough. I feel for those guys. Georgia boat races Kentucky 51-13. I thought Kentucky would have had a chance. This was the best Georgia has looked. 34-7 first half. They jumped on him. Beck had four touchdowns. Bowers had 132 and a touchdown. LSU and Mizzou. LSU cannot afford a loss. And they didn't. They didn't lose. 49-39. Both teams had over 500 yards of offense. Mizzou had a 25-17 lead at half. Five lean changes in the second half. A Daniels touchdown pass gave LSU the lead, and a pick six was the insurance on top. LSU a big win. Tigers beat Tigers. Maryland and Ohio State in the shoe. Ohio State wins at 37-17. Maryland was in the game until the third quarter. McCord throws for 320 yards and two touchdowns. Harrison was big. Wazoo and UCLA. UCLA comes from behind in the second half. They went at 25-17. Big win there for Chip Kelly. Virginia Tech, FSU. This game started out. Florida State jumping out, and Virginia Tech was holding on for dear life. Made some big plays in the end of the first half to make it a game and get back in it, but Florida State ends up winning it 39-17. UNC blows out Cuse 40-7. May had 442 passing yards, three touchdowns. Bama, A&M. Bama wins 26-20. A&M had a 17-10 lead at the half of Bama. Ties it and then takes the lead in the third quarter with two mill row touchdown passes. They got a safety as well to make it 26-20. It's not like they missed an extra point. Um, but yes, Bama holds on in A&M, gets revenge. Ole Miss beats Arkansas. It wasn't pretty, but Ole Miss finds a way 27-20. Michigan routes Minnesota 52-10. Corum back 100%. Michigan won the second half 28-0. One of the most heinous coaching jobs of all time. Georgia Tech beats Miami 24-20. Mario Cristobal refuses to kneel the ball down. People look back at previous games. He refuses to kneel the ball down. His running back fumbled. Georgia Tech scored a game-winning touchdown. The game is over. Georgia Tech has no way to stop the clock. And not only do they have no way to stop the clock, all you literally had to do was take one snap and kneel the ball down with the timing. Instead, you ran a play. Your running back fumbles. It's like it's like Herman Edwards never pulled off the miracle of the medley. Come on, man. So a horrible job from Mario Cristobal. A lot of Miami fans want to fire him, which is tough. Wyoming upsets Fresno 24-19. Oregon State. Beats Cal 52-40. DJU, five touchdowns. And then one of the games of the day where I'm sure a lot of people fell asleep because I did in the third quarter, I'll tell you that. USC hangs on in three overtimes to beat Arizona 43-41. Arizona jumped out on them a 17-0 lead. SC then eventually took a 21-20 lead in the third quarter, but Arizona's hide it with a touchdown and a two-point play midway through the fourth quarter. Went to overtime. Both teams scored in overtime. Both teams scored in the second overtime but missed the two-point play. And then when the two-point play start in the third overtime, Williams scored it for SC, and then the Trojan defense got a stop for the win. All right, weekend soccer recap. Luton and Tottenham got the EPL started. Basuma got sent off for two yellows and down to 10 men away from home. Madison assists to Vandeven, his first Tottenham goal, and that's all Tottenham needed, 1-0. They remain top of the table. We'll check on the table in a second. Manu Brentford. Jensen gave Brentford a lead that they held on to until stoppage time where super sub McTominay comes on and equalizes and then uh, free kick, you know, set piece. 
They kick it to McGuire. He wins the header. McTominay wins the second one. And that's how Man U turned around a 1-0 loss into a 2-1 win where I'm sure a lot of people would have been calling for a Ten Hogs job had they lost this game to Brentford. But however, Scott McTominay's double at the death turns a loss into a win for Manchester United. Fulham, Sheffield United, Fulham went to 3-1. Game got delayed with a bash and broken foot for Sheffield United. looked terrible. Daycourt over Reed scored the opener for Fulham, then an Anthony Robinson own goal was the leveler. Then a really good strike from Fulham, but it goes off the bar and then off the goaltender to make it 2-1 Fulham, then William made it 3-1. Everton beat Bournemouth 3-0. Garner capitalized off his mistake uh, from Bournemouth. Harrison, great goal, and Jacore rebound off Harrison. Could have been his brace. Burnley score first against Chelsea and then lose 4-1. Oderbert got the scoring started, but that was the lone Burnley tally. An own goal equalizer uh, with Sterling starting the play. Then Cole Palmer from the spot taking the penalties for Pochettino's Chelsea. Sterling got his goal to make it 3-1, and then Jackson got his goal to make it 4-1. Crystal Palace Forest finished 0-0. Exciting 0-0. Turner made some big saves for Forest um, on the way from home. Brighton-Liverpool, 2-2 this one finish. Uh, Indingra got the scoring started, capitalized off a uh, Van Dyke-McAllister mistake and beat Allison. Then Liverpool going the other way, finally beat the man-marking system of Brighton. Um, ball into Diaz from Sobislai. He plays Nunez. Nunez across. Elliott lets it roll to Salah, who bangs in the equalizer. Then Liverpool get a penalty. I don't understand how it's not a red card. Uh, Gross pulls down Sobosly, never plays the ball in the box. It's a penalty, but it's not denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity because they argued that Sobosly was going away from the goal and not going towards the goal. Otherwise, he would have got a red card. But he just wasn't going towards the goal because he was getting his shirt pulled back. So, hey, it is what it is. And also, they were like, he didn't have the ball. Well, he didn't have the ball, and he wasn't going towards the goal because he got his shirt pulled. From behind. So. Anyway. Uh, Salah converts a penalty. So it's his brace. Liverpool up 2-1. And they should have. You know. Been up a man. But they're not. Unfortunately. That guy wins a foul. In the Liverpool end. Which was never a foul. And. The set piece. From Sully Marsh. Goes by Robertson, goes by McAllister, and Dunk, who I don't think knew anything about it, it kind of just hits his shin and goes in. And he celebrates like it was a worldie. And that's how that one finished, 2-2. So I guess a fair result, considering Brighton scored first. Um, and they had better, they had a lot of, you know, spells of good play. I guess it's a fair result. Wolves-Villa was 1-1. Hwang turned in another Neto assist to give Wolves the lead at the Monliu, but Pau Torres, nearly, I'm pretty sure, immediately equalizer. Um, good finish. Lamina got sent off for Wolves. West Ham-Newcastle finished 2-2. West Ham scoring first. A mistake from Pope coming out. Left Suchek an open net. Isak turns in a goal off a set-piece second phase, and then great play. Ball in behind. Trippier fizzes it across for Isak to turn it in. But then it was Kudos, one of the new signings for West Ham. An 89th minute equalizer for his Premier League first goal. Arsenal-Man City. Arsenal finally beat Man City. Arteta finally beats Pep Guardiola. It was a 1-0 result. Martinelli's 87th minute winner off Nathan Ake's face goes in. That's tough. And honestly, Man City are very fortunate that they were playing with 11 because Kovacic should have been sent off for the first foul, and he definitely should have been given a second yellow for the second foul. So either he's sent off clearly for the first one, or that's a yellow, and then the second one was also a yellow. Like, I don't know how City were playing with 11, and then Pep has the audacity to say after the match that um, it wasn't a red card because it wasn't a red card. Okay, dude. All right, dude. We'll remember that. So Tottenham are on top of the table, shared with Arsenal because they have more goals for, even though they have the same goal difference. So both teams are on 20 points. Man City's in third with 18 points. Liverpool in fourth with 17. Villa fifth, Brighton sixth, West Ham seventh, Newcastle eighth, Crystal Palace ninth, Man United tenth, Chelsea eleventh with some wins finally. Fulham, Forest, 
Wolves, Brentford, 12 through 15, Everton, Luton, 16, 17, and in the drop zone right now, Burnley, Bournemouth, Sheffield United. And I think Luton is going to go down. And I think one or two of Burnley or Sheffield United are going to go down, and maybe it's two or two. We could see three up, three down this year. I, I really, truly believe that. All right, let's go to La Liga. Real Madrid, Osuna, Real Madrid win a 3-0. Bellingham again. 4-0, uh, sorry. Bellingham twice. Vinny, a goal, and Jocelyn, a goal. Atletico beat Real Sociedad 2-1. Griezmann, 89th minute pen winner. And Bartha drew Granada 2-2. Yamal and Sergio Roberto, the goal scorer for Barcelona. Real Madrid on top of the table. Eight wins and a loss. Girona is in second. Barcelona in third. Atletico Madrid in fourth. In Espana. Syria, Inter, and Juvent, uh, Bologna tied 2-2. A Serbia and Latoro Martinez, the goal scorer was there. Juve beat Turin 2-0. Milan beat Genoa 1-0. Pulisic, the goal. Both Mannion and Martinez, both keepers got sent off. Giroud came in to play goalie for Milan and made a save. <laughs> so much so that they're selling Giroud goalie kits in the Milan store, and they sold out. <laughs> How good is that? Milan 1-0. Pulisic, the goal. I think Musa uh, had the assist, if I'm not mistaken. Eunice. Lazio beat Atalanta 3-1. Cagliari lose to Roma 4-1. Florentina beat Napoli 3-1. Look at the Italian table. It's pretty crazy right now. You see Milan. Inter separated by two points. Then you have Juve and Florentina on 17 points each in 3-4. Napoli in 5th. Atalanta in 6th. Roma's in 10th. Lazio's in 13th. Okay. Uh, the Germans. Rebel Leipzig. Bochum was nil-nil. Dortmund beat Berlin 4-2. Fulkrug, Schottenberg, Schottenbeck, and Brandt scoring in the win. Bayern beat Freiburg 3-0. A Kingsley Komen brace and a Leroy Sané goal in Dortmund. Leverkusen are unbeaten. Six goals, one draw. Stuttgart right behind them. Bayern in third, two points behind the leaders. Dortmund also have 17 points, two points behind the leaders. Leverkusen and Le Rebel Leipzig in sixth on 14 points. And in France... PSG is in third, and they beat uh, Ren. And we got an international break for both uh, this week and into next week, and this weekend will be an international break as well. So throughout this week and the weekend, and then throughout next weekend until next weekend, two weekends from now, we'll have no domestic leagues. International, which right in the middle is so bad. Such a bad job by them, whatever. All right. Um... Let's recap. Survivor at Pool Locks, a 3-0 week, bringing us to 13-12. Miami versus the G-Man, a winner. Detroit versus Carolina, a winner. And Kansas City at Minnesota, a winner. 13-12 on the seasons, a 3-0 week for Survivor Pool Locks. And then pick six, 3-3, 15-15 throughout this uh, start of the season. And Jacksonville Buffalo over 48 the Bills did not wake up till the second half. If they had played a full game, I think that would have been an easy over. Miami minus 10, easy. Detroit minus 9, easy. Houston, Atlanta, listen, over 41. To lose that game on 40 is a disgrace. Six field goals. Six field goals. So that was infuriating. Tennessee, Indianapolis, under 43 was a winner. And then Rams plus four versus Philly. On the wrong side of that one. Honestly, like the two overs should have hit. And the under, I should have had a five in one week. It was a disgrace. It's a joke. How Jacksonville Buffalo doesn't go over forty eight is insane. And then Houston Atlanta. I told you there were gonna be points in that game. There were gonna be a lot of scores in that game. Yes, there were some mistakes, and yes, there was some bad football. But there were going to be points in that game. And there were just too many field goals, folks. Too many field goals. But what are you going to do? So we'll go back at it on Thursday with another edition of Survivor Pool Locks and the Pick 6 for Week 6 in the NFL. We got another big slate of college football highlighted by a Pac-12 showdown, one of the better rivalries in the Pac-12 in Washington and Oregon, both top 10 teams, both teams unbeaten, both teams with eyes on the playoff. So big NFL slate, big college football slate. We will talk about them on Thursday's show. Until then, have a good one. Have a good week. And I'll talk to you then. Peace.
called Football and Football and sometimes other sports show. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.